should be doing this in February. Okay, I'll bite. Why? <laughs> because it's about love, man. Oh, I see. You mean the... Valentine's Day is on the 14th of February. I've heard of that. Possibly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Never partook. I was in a supermarket, a brand non-specific supermarket until they sponsor the podcast. Um, Let's say Resco. (laughs) Um, Yesterday, uh, looking at cards. For Valentine's Day, that's early. That's... (laughs) <laughs> I like to be efficient, if nothing else. Because um, uh, that's the sort of cheap scared I am. Let me go to Tesco's and see... Sorry, any other supermarket, and let me see what they've got. And there was a brilliant card that said uh, something like, uh, Dear Boyfriend, they had a Dear Husband one as well. This is your annual reminder. <laughs> oh, funnier at the time. Oh, was that it? Um, I was sorry, so... I was like, I was expecting more. I always expect more. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, that card is the definition of, will this do? <laughs> yeah, right. Look, it's funny, you see, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, it's the sort of one that just gets put on the side and everybody comes around and says, what does that mean? They go, yeah, no, we had this conversation too. We don't really get it. It's an icebreaker. Matt, if I said I love you, would it make you uncomfortable? Uh, no. Is now the time. <laughs> Can I have some context? Quickly? Not in, not in front of our international audience, it's not. Um, I think it's sort of okay when there's a distance like this, isn't there? It wouldn't <laughs> be okay if I invited you round and there was a big L-shaped sofa and I came and sat right next to you. <laughs> and a trail of petals. Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, yes, and as you shook my hand, you heard my harness shake underneath my T-shirt. That would not be... I mean, if you really want to capture my heart, I prefer like a, a, a shaken trail of protein shake, like powder leading me. <laughs> be like, what's that? Oh, wow. One, <laughs> one of those parties. I'll just follow the powder. Wow. <laughs> Proteins. Proteins. God, protein. All about the protein. Hey, talking of protein and love, very loosely shoehorned in to this week's topic. Why isn't your... You're in bed with the protein people, aren't you? I'm going to sit the protein boy, but... <laughs> Why aren't they sponsoring this podcast? Well, let's... I'll have a chat with Martin Protein. Protein. <laughs> Martin <Peter> Protein. Protein. <laughs> protein McCutcheon. That doesn't work. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, it's lovely to see you again, as always. Ditto. So, yes, here's my thing. If I said I love you, would it make you uncomfortable? Because this is one of these revelations I sometimes have in the shower. I've told you about them before confidentially, <laughs> but this is one of those that we can share. And um, I noticed a few years ago that I love you and I hate you have the same number of words. Right. They also have the same number of letters. Yes. And yet an entirely different emotional resonance. Yes. So isn't it amazing how language and the language we use, just literally like the noises that come out of our mouth and the letters, the order that we put those random sequence of letters in, Mm. can have such an incredible impact on how we think and how we feel. It is. I mean, yeah. I I agree. (laughs) And so, yes. I wonder if, 
love and our search for love isn't just about and our need as, as a species. And of course, lots of other species have a need for love as well. Because mm. some species don't just partner to procreate. Um, there are horrific examples of that in nature, P.S. <laughs> like, there's a... Like a, not of the actual progression. Right, I was the... wondering where we were going with this. <laughs> Allow me to show you video A. Um, so there's a, a, a an insect, a bit like a stick insect, but it's not that one, it's the other one. Mantis. And the, uh, that's it, the praying mantis, right? And after they mate, the female just bites its head off and eats the male. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we can all relate to that in some <laughs> way. You know, we've all... <laughs> We've all sort of been there a bit. Well, you know, heat um, of the moment. Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> Had a nibble. <laughs> um, but also there are bees as well that, that literally mate, lay eggs and then die. Wow. They have no other use or existence whatsoever, which I still can't get my head around. I think, well, what's the point in just being there if you're not going to do anything? Well, just don't, don't do it. You know, it's almost like... Mm. I don't know, whoever created Earth sort of went, oh, God, we could sort of do with... I set myself a challenge of four million species, not sort of four out. Um, so, I oh know, that one, that can just mate and carry on. And then I've done it, tick. Um, entirely useless. Yet there are, of course, like elephants, they, they have grief and they mourn, and uh, mm. a lot of uh, primates as well. Um, dogs we see in canines and some companion animals. Mm. And so there's almost like a... It, 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 it transcends beyond procreation yeah but i wonder whether actually based on the fact that you know what we say has such a big difference to our you know emotional um, balance yes. and how we think and feel and behave i wonder if actually we're seeking we seek love in other ways too when where does when does love become validation oh uh <laughs> i mean uh I don't know. When does know. a leaflet become a pamphlet? <laughs> now that is now that's what we should be talking about today. Right, <laughs> right. Scrap love. Who cares about that? Um, when does? Oh God. Uh, I think. Let me think. You need to not need to, but if you can, sort of unpick and. I think validation comes from ideally comes from within. When we look for validation yes. externally. It relies on other factors, other people, other situations, which are completely out of our control. Sure. I guess also love comes from within. If you can love yourself and say, I love myself, you're going to be, you're not, you, you, you'll be in that situation where if it happens, great, but maybe you're not desperately, oh God, I need someone to complete me. That, and yeah, that whole, oh, you complete me, I think is a misnomer. Yes. And a sort of saccharine fairy tale that people, and also all, all like all Disney films and all films ever. Oh, you've got to find the one to be happy. That's not true. Yes, I know yes. lots of people who don't subscribe to that. Uh, and actually, do you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb here. You don't need someone else to be happy. You can absolutely find everything you need from within. Yep. I do have a lovely partner, and that is a compliment to my life very much. Sure. But I, was, I wasn't unhappy before I met him. Uh, and I, uh, th th there's so much societal pressure on, oh, find someone, get married, settle down, do that. This whole, he this whole heteronormative pathway sure. that people are spoon-fed from birth. 
that actually it's okay to if you don't want to fight if you want to be by yourself or you want to be a thruple or like whatever you want to do whatever's going to tick your box but start yes, from within love looks different for different people i suppose yeah and it doesn't and it's subjective yeah exactly and it's also like um well, if we're talking sex as well, like the movie tell us that everyone finishes at the same, <laughs> everyone finishes at the same time. Sorry, that is not the sex I've had. <laughs> like, the okay, maybe once in a million, well, once in a blue moon, bad pun. <laughs> oh wow! All these things though that are just thrown at us to to keep us in boxes and to tell you this is how you do it, and it's okay actually if you want to open the box and step out of your box. Yeah. This sort of became an unremunerated therapy session. Um, um, One thing I think is interesting that you said, only the one thing. um, (laughs) In nine podcasts. (laughs) Is that um, I, I think a lot of it is not just about context, but, you know, you mentioned how um, there's, you know, there's this kind of, need i suppose for us to be happy with ourselves first that that it does that happiness comes from within and therefore loving ourselves means that we can then love other things yes but i think the big problem is that we don't love is a bit like death we don't talk about it enough and we don't accept that it's a really fundamental part of life um i think there is probably a, a a gender divide here or or a um a uh sex divide in as much that i think um it's it's more normative for feminine for a feminine approach to be about love and the the tender emotion attached to love right but actually i think there is there's a societal uh i'm 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 trying to say there's like a societal um inconsistency with a masculine approach to love and that because of course it's a display of emotion mm. and intrinsically historically men were not to display emotion nope. you know it was supposed to be this sort of you know hell back and i think that's still a challenge actually for society you know I mean, if you think about i always think it's weird how there's two things i think that are weird that will kind of put this in context one is that male moisturizer or moisturizer aimed at men and men taking care of their face yes became Normal quickly because of like, you know, marketing campaigns with the likes of Nivea and whatever. They were like, oh, here's a new product. And, you know, this is totally cool, guys. Really normal. You should definitely be looking after your face. And here's some moisturizer. And possibly even bleeding into the whole kind of foundation for men as well. Yes. Um, which we've spoken about a little bit before. Um, you know, gay, straight, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't it interesting that that became normal before the idea of being able to display emotion? Like, you, you know, you'd probably get a guy saying, oh, this moisturiser is really great over a display of public emotion or vulnerability. Mm, I don't know if that's true, because moisturiser is something you do by yourself behind closed doors versus emotion is something you have to share with one other person for them to know about it. You have to publicly. Uh, yeah, put that's that out interesting. There. You don't see. If we're talking like stereotypes, a blokey football guy down the pub going, oh, you should look at my paws. You can't. They're not there anymore. 
<laughs> yes, I suppose that's true. So um, here's my other one then, just so that I do seem right as I come out. <laughs> um, and that's a, <laughs> I noticed this the other day. Yes. Um, Matt, Matt Boyles, what is the most drunk liquid in the uh, on planet Earth, what do you think is the number one consumed liquid drink? Well, as I was just taking a sip of water. Water, correct. What's the second most consumed uh, liquid? Is it Iron Brew? <laughs> no, it is it's in Scotland. Tea. It's tea, not coffee. Right. Yet we talk colloquially about having a coffee break or going for coffee or every, right. on every high street there's a coffee shop yes. everywhere yes. but hardly any tea rooms or tea even though tea <laughs> is the second most consumed so how is it that coffee became more popular as the poor brother of tea right. and totally overtook uh, was in the shadow and so i suppose the context is you know, isn't it interesting how sometimes the focus can be on something that gains momentum isn't necessarily the thing that we should be, that, that is, uh, isn't necessarily that it's the most popular thing. Oh, I see. So, uh, or maybe the thing that deserves all of the attention, perhaps. I don't know. It's just, it, it seems weird that you sell more of this and yet it's lesser known than that thing. It just doesn't, I, I think, how on earth did that happen? How did the coffee people suddenly take over and nobody knew about it, right? Um, so... When it drawing this back to the discussion, yes, like what's <laughs> des- your point? Desperately, and that when it comes to our relationship with love, I don't think it's spoken about enough. I don't think it gets the attention that it that it should have, that we need it to have. Mm-hmm. I don't think we talk about it enough, and I don't think we understand fundamentally just how reliant we are on what love is you know that because this context is oh i need to find someone to love and therefore that will fulfill this as you said this kind of normal societal nonsense that that's how our life should be Mm. but actually what are the real things that we should learn to love that are most important for us as a species and they as you quite rightly say probably aren't necessarily someone else um which is which might be something incredibly radical for somebody to hear when yep. you think, well, my life is about me and my partner and our dog, or me and my partner and our kids, and and that actually, sometimes those emotional draws and pulls that you feel that perhaps you probably bury, or the little voice in your head that says something's not quite right, mm. isn't about external factors and learning to love your kids more, or being more in love with your partner, or mm. or you know something's not right. We should go away more, or we should have breaks on our own more, or oh, it's my fault, I need to spend more time with the kids and show them I love them. Mm. Perhaps actually the answer is screaming at you in the face in the mirror every single time you brush your teeth. If you brush your teeth in front of a mirror. Uh, (laughs) Right, yes, non sequitur. Um, But uh, yes, sorry. Uh, It comes comes back to loving yourself, doesn't it? I I mean, I'm... But how? uh, Ah, okay, so that's the next question. Um appreciating the wonder of you without going into that for 50s song oh it's an Elvis song isn't it that's the wonder yeah. the wonder of me <laughs> um you just can't help it can I you? can't wait till you get wait till book of the week <laughs> I really can't um how does it start it starts by you deciding to deciding that you're actually worth, you're worth it. Oh God, that's L'Oreal. But I mean, this is, this is, I, I, we talked about this in identity and sort of understanding who you are and appreciating that and yeah. not listen. And also that 
not looking for external validation, only working on your own terms to understand yeah, and appreciate who you are and that whatever you do, you're doing, you're doing something good for yourself most of the time. Sure. Follow the, See, pull that thread. I, I don't think, I think we constrain ourselves when we think about the concept of love. It's a little bit like, do you remember the very beginning of this project when I said, I've been asking people over the last six months, what does it mean to be human? And nobody could actually answer. Yeah. And I thought, isn't that weird that you've existed as a species, but you have no idea what the hell it actually means yeah. to exist as a human. I think the same is love. If you were to say to somebody, you know, what is love? Define love. I think people would really struggle to understand actually what the concept of love is. And if it's that critically important for our emotional stability, mm. our emotional well-being, a core need, actually, of our species as well is the need... You, because fundamentally, life for human beings hinges on the need, and it is a need, mm. it's a biological need, for us to feel wanted and loved. Yep. There's, like, like we have to, there's a sense of belonging that must be fulfilled and loved however that context is. You know, because you know, there have been tons of horrific experiments of uh, both in primates and rats oh. um, and actually in um, humans as well, where oh. they've taken a baby away from its mother oh. immediately um, and seen how it would react. You know, do we need mothering? Do we need that? Um, and we need that so much that in primates, it was shown that if the primate was given a um, a soft toy, it would latch onto it and hug it and, and right. hug it because it just needed that sense of comfort and belonging. And even if they gave it like a, a metal framed, uh, you know, form of a, of a chimpanzee, yeah. Um, even though it wasn't comfortable, it would still try oh. to hug onto it because it desperately needed the context. Oh, so sad. And that's been horrifically something similar has been tried with children as well. Oh. And they all end up with psychosocial challenges and issues. So it's been proven through, you know, with retrospect horrific methods, but nobody ever does these things with a sort of sinister turn. They just think, oh, you know, we need to explore this. What if we did this and this? Because it's only afterwards when you see the results that you go, oh, ah, sorry about that. Probably shouldn't have done it. Um, but but nobody, no, nobody goes into it thinking, oh, well, what will happen is this, you know, primate will be distressed and screwed for the rest of its life. And this child will be, end up being a serial killer or a, oh my God. You know, have some horrific things. No one goes into it thinking that's going to happen. I'm not excusing the experiments, but I think it's really important on balance to understand how they have come about historically. Okay. Um, and so what it's proven, what it's shown us, is that it's a core part of our very being, mm. that we need to feel that we're wanted and we need to feel an element of being valued. So mm. I wonder if love is actually... Is it just the hidden spark, the emotion? You know, when people talk about the mind, mm. what is the mind? Because it doesn't exist. We have a brain. Yeah. We don't have a physical mind. No. So if your mind is a collection of thoughts, experiences, etc., etc., that you form, then is love not a thing, but is it actually a feeling that we get through total and utter acceptance and validation, perhaps? I would, I mean, yes, and it, yeah, it absolutely is. And we haven't really touched on, well, you started to, different types of love, because I think we both started like talking it more in a partner scenario, but actually, as you've gotten with the experiments, 
family, parents, sibling, but friends as well. And actually, yeah. linking back to something you said at the start when you said, how would you feel if I said, I love you? I tell my friends I love them all the time. I think it's a lovely thing to do. And it's and also, but it makes you feel good at the same time. So it's kind of selfish yes. if you really dial into it, but it's also just a lovely thing to do. never said we were friends. Well, I didn't say I love you. Uh, <laughs> no, it was noted. Touche. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Um, well, then, what are, the things, what are the things that you love, Matt? Oh, well, actually, there's another <laughs> form of love that I'm going to talk about referencing my book of the week in a second, which is okay. the love for, what you, well, for things, for people you don't know for experiences, for, for life. Yes. Um, for example, it, it, it's a different kind of love, but you could absolutely love your favourite pop star if you're so obsessed and so, like, they give so much to you that it feels, it feels like love. How do, how, do you, how do you feel about them apples? Well, what I was going to write down, because I thought you were going to talk more, was... <laughs> How do you know if love is real? What is real love? Because people talk a lot about love. So, for example, you know, I have, you know, you might have been in a relationship before where you said, I love you, and they said, I love you back, and you said, oh, God, I really love them, and then it didn't turn out. And then you meet someone else, and you think, oh, God, I don't think I, I didn't love them in the same mm. way. Like, this is totally different now. And mm. Maybe I didn't love them, and maybe it wasn't the right kind of love and so what is love and i think there are a lot of it reminds me of those you know remember do you remember the love is cartoon love is dot 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 yeah those naked um, those babies two, yes i know so random, weird. Right? um so i think it would be a really interesting thing for people to do this this weekend or this week at some point maybe run themselves a bath with a nice big pot of tea and a big bit of cake, because everything's better with cake. And to sit in the bath on their own and think of me and you <laughs> and reflect about, you know, what, what is that question? What love is dot, dot, dot yeah. for, for them? Yeah. What, what is love? Um, because I think it's entirely subjective, isn't it? Although it is the singular emotion that binds our species. Yes, and, but actually, you, the scientist, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned that were you to stick an electrode on my brain, all that oxytoxin, oxytocin that would flow out when you do feel love. That's, uh -huh. That is the love hormone or chemical, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if we go chemicals and hormones and all that sort of boring stuff, that's nice, <laughs> but it's not boring, it is what it, it, is, what it is. Um, it is what it makes it. Then, you know, it can be recorded and we can look at levels of it and we can look at our response to certain types of stimulus mm. and, you know, do we therefore love this more than this? Yeah. But interestingly, you know, it's not always about the flow of chemicals that are in your body or our ability to, you know, look at different things and think, oh, I love that more because your physiological response, what happens inside your body can be one thing. Mm. Um, but your learnt experience of something may mean that actually you have a greater attraction to it, a greater sort of inherent draw yeah. to it through learnt behaviour. Mm. Um, so it's that difference thing, isn't it? You know, I love that. <laughs> I love that phrase. You can uh, you can love your family, but you don't have to like them. <laughs> <laughs> 
and so love is different things in different contexts, yeah. isn't it, as well? You know, the way that I love my partner is uh, very different to the way that I love the postman. Um, uh, one of them gets a better deal. <laughs> Which one comes to the back door? Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Oh, God. And the way that I love my parents is very different to the way that I love, you know, my best friend or something. And so I like the fact that love can have varying different levels, but also I love my dog. Yes. I I love some geographical places that I've been to. I've fallen utterly in love with them. Mm. I still love... There are certain objects that I love, and actually there's a whole range because, you know, my... Uh, Buddhist sort of brain from before certainly says that we should never love objects. You should never love material things. You know, it's it's about experiences and mm. uh, and context. So anyway, listen. Let's do book of the week, and then what? I want to know what you love. Okay. Uh, are you ready for the book of the week jingle? <clears throat> we will talk about paper with words. Maths will be good. Jazz is absurd. Two grown men having a chat. Now tell me, what do you think about that? And scene. <laughs> Enter wench with trace. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, man. They're good, aren't do you know they? What? Yes. They are good. And I can't wait for episode 24, oh. the, series, the series special, which will basically be all of these clips put together. <laughs> In some sort of ultimate playlist of book of the week. <laughs> Boyle's book of the week. Trust me, I've got jingles for years. 23 tracks <laughs> to soothe your reading moments. <laughs> well, come on then. All right, fine. Whip uh, it out, whip la, la, it out, la, la, get your la, pages la. out. It's big and pink. It's... Um, <laughs> it's And... For, it's another non-fiction autobiography. What? You've changed. I've changed. Um, Adam Buxton, one half of Adam oh, and yeah. Joe. Oh, Bucky. Yes, Mr. Buckles. Um, so first heard about him, well, when I was, God, 20 years ago plus, watching the Adam and Joe show on Late Night Channel 4, which was so anarchic and brilliant. Like, they would remake films with toys, so there was Titanic and stop motion, and it was very silly. And this is uh, his semi-autobiography so there's stuff about him growing up in the 80s and his love for music and his friendship with Louis Theroux and Joe Cornish Um, but the reason I'm talking about this is because it's also about his dad coming to live with him in the later stages of his life and his dad was in that in the TV show years ago Um, and they had a bit of a fractured relationship and so this is about someone who ostensibly is dying reforging a relationship and having to relearn how it works together and really about love enduring in spite of difficult circumstances, things being confronted with his imminent, very sad death very soon. Um, And so it's really poignant and it jumps between really silly stories of him growing up and then really poignant moments. And at the end, he writes a letter to his dad after he's died. And it's really, really... I guess poignant, sad, lovely, all at once. And so um, I, I, I really, 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 really liked it. Um, it's also another part of love that I touched on earlier, we sort of covered. He's obsessed with David Bowie. And so he has a 
deep-seated love and obsession. I mean, I mean, yeah, when love goes to obsession with David Bowie. And so there are chapters about this obsession with David Bowie and sort of discovering the new albums as they came out through his life. So two forms of, two very different forms of love that really resonated with me reading through this. So Adam Buxton's Ramble book, published by M with a crow on it. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Mud, obviously Mudlark which is a HarperCollins imprint in 2020. Treat yourself. Would be a, would be a lark, not a crow, then. Yes. <laughs> mud crow. The, mud crow. Uh, crow mud. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> Jez, over to thee. Oh. <coughs> I like that. Thanks. Um, I think I went for something similar and different. Um, okay, I win. Uh, this, I've mentioned it before. I looked on Amazon... For, because I, I sent it to a lot of people during lockdown when mm. a lot of the independent bookshops weren't available. So normally I wouldn't go sort of buy myself from tax evaders. But uh, such was the necessity during lockdown. And I've gifted this to about 16 people. I've bought Whoa. 16 copies of this. Whoa. Um, Where's mine? <clears throat> which it may... <laughs> Only those who reciprocate my love. And uh, if I have to force it out of you, I will. Um, and so that would be why I suppose I struggled to pay my mortgage during lockdown because <laughs> uh, it's sixteen ninety nine. Um, this <laughs> this is uh, the boy, uh, the mole, the fox, and the horse by Charlie Maxey. Yes, it's become like an institution. This book. Yes, I've heard about it. Um, you can read it in one go. Because each page is sort of a, a stunning sketch, along with you know, a couple of lines, really, and some just literally have a sentence. On. So, in in sort of initial appearance, it looks a bit like a children's storybook, I suppose, and it could be actually. Uh, you could read it to absolutely anybody, but it has the most heartwarming sense of love and community. As this little boy goes off on a walk, there are some serious questions I need to ask about the context of the book, like whose is the boy? Why is he wandering off in the middle of the night? Does anybody know where he is? Is the horse real? Is this imaginative? Did somebody just feed him perhaps a little bit too much gin to stop the screaming and the sleeping? And this is like a one big dream. Um, you know, foxes are inherently dangerous. They're a wild animal. So. Are, you, are you insinuating this is like that 80s maths logic puzzle? You've got to get the fox, the boy, the horse <laughs> right. and the mole across the yeah. river. Without the meeting there'll be each a, other. a second one, and actually this was just a book in therapy. You know, is Charlie the boy? Did this really happen? Anyway, so there's this journey where, you know, a boy meets a mole. The mole and the boy go on a journey to meet a fox. The boy, the mole, the fox meet on a journey, uh, go on a journey to meet a horse. And each of them, the most unlikely of friends, form this sort of bond. Uh, but they explore, you know, sort of the meaning of life, really. And there were some really cute... Um, uh, sort of phrases and just moments where you think, gosh, each of the characters show an incredible amount of love to each other mm. based on zero, like, history. They've never met before. Mm. They just inherently want to be kind to each other. Mm. There's this random page I flipped open. You can, pretty much any page, Matt. Sometimes, said the horse, sometimes what, asked the boy. Sometimes just getting up and carrying on is brave and magnificent. Mm. And then it moves on, and it goes through. So I really like that. Uh, the reason I picked it today because of love is because of the love that they show throughout uh, each other. And I think it's a good example of how you can demonstrate love and kindness and how neatly those two knit together. Mm. 
But actually, this was a demonstration of my love uh, to those that I love. You know, I gave, I gifted this to people because I loved them and I felt that they should read these words as well because yeah. I wanted them to feel the amazing feeling that I felt when I read it. And I think it's a really important book. So many people say they pick it up and they read it again or when they need sort of moments of comfort that they read it. So that's it. It's published by Penguin, aren't they all? Um, it is uh, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse, Charlie Maxey. sixteen ninety nine. You might be able to get it cheaper somewhere. <laughs> Great. Uh, that sounds. I have heard about that and seen it, and it does sound absolutely lovely. Um, thank you for bringing it to the table. My pleasure. <laughs> um, so, what do you love, Matt? Tell me. What do you love? This is like one of those awkward sort of I don't know, like third date things. Just so you want to make it <laughs> right. Have you seen any good films recently? <laughs> Actually, just as, you... <laughs> just as an aside, a friend of mine was dating this girl and went to meet the family for the first time, and they were having a Sunday lunch, and it was going fine. But then there was a, like quite a long silence, and all of a sudden, the mum said to my friend, "Have you had any operations recently?" <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the only thing she could think She'd of. She'd run out <laughs> of everything else. <laughs> the answer, oh thankfully, God. was no. <laughs> no, and then followed by more silence. Yes. Like, what was she hoping no. for? Oh, yes, an appendectomy, <laughs> then I had a toe removed. <laughs> Not an operation, more of a sort of exploratory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do I love? I love... Like, this is going to sound like a personal trainer cliche, I don't care. I love fitness. But more than just saying I love fitness, I love what that allows me to be, become, feel, do, achieve. I love what being fitter, stronger, quicker, healthier, happier, more confident, I love what that unlocks for me and how that just gives me, like, ever-bubbling endorphins. Um... Maybe not ever bubbling. I think that would be ridiculous. I'd run out of them. But so, for example, I did an amazing class this morning. And what was even more amazing, it, you were in groups of four, like working towards a, a shared target of reps and calories to achieve on these machines yeah. that you were sharing. And just that, come on, guys, we can do this. And we did it in the time. And it was ridiculous numbers. And it was just that, also that feeling of pride of, yes, yes, we did it together. Oh, God, that makes me... Is that mean. the thing that lights up? <laughs> and if you don't do it, it goes a different colour. Is that that one? <laughs> I don't... Nope, obviously I not. literally <laughs> have no idea what you're talking about. There's a thing where you do something together. You must be on a piece of machinery or apparatus, and there's like a group of you, and if you achieve it, it goes green, the lights go green, but if you don't achieve it, they go red or something. Are you talking about that Simon game from the 80s? Red... Red, blue, ah. red, blue, green, yellow. No. No? Who? Uh, or I'm not talking about Bop It either. Oh, God. It, it's, it's some exercise thing where I guess you're on a bike or a treadmill oh, or something. Is it Orange Theory? Like, Those classes. I, I don't know what it is, but, right. but the point is well, that they, no. they light up if you achieve the target. Right. But it's a different colour if you don't achieve the target. And I just thought it was the most horrific <laughs> sense of... Like, how to isolate somebody and show that you didn't achieve something and make them feel terrible about themselves. Yes, that doesn't sound Publicly right. in front of everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it wasn't that. And so okay, didn't good. feel that. So I felt great. And I still do. Um, <laughs> what else do I love? I love Björk. I love music. Yes, but I love being, I love being obsessed with Björk and being a super mega fan. 
and owning everything she's created and like avidly like when's new music coming when's new music coming i need new music please can i have some new music but i'll listen to the old stuff on repeat but please just a little <laughs> just one song one song is 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 that what everybody else in the west calls bjork uh yes uh well everyone right. who knows how it's properly pronounced calls it bjork which is Icelandic for birch tree. Yes, I know those sort of facts. <laughs> I know wow. I can do is that her signature. Actual name, or is it a lady? Whoa, let's just come back a second. So <laughs> you can do her signature. Well, she, in, in, she handwrites her thank yous in the, in the album sleeves. So she signs yeah. it. So that's actually pretty easy to have learned. If you're even like, like a mid-tier fan should know that. Why did you want to learn her signature? Because it's really cool. The B goes into the J, and then it's just sort of an O, which looks a bit like an I, and then the umlauts and the R and the K is like a slash, like the Blair Witch logo. I'm obsessed. I drew it on someone's chest at a festival once. At a chestival? <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell how hyper I am from these stupid endorphins? I mean... <laughs> I... On behalf of everyone listening... <laughs> um, <laughs> feel that we should maybe donate for some therapy or I don't know who I call first the therapist or the FBI like which one do I this is you see I drip feed my crazy to people because if I was like this on day one I wouldn't have any friends but you just warm them up bit by bit by bit and like, I've known you for six months now so it's fine this is like full pelt wow okay well that's good. You haven't known me for six months. You've known me for longer. Longer, but I'm yes. I'm glad that our relationship feels so uh, good that you feel that... Well, that the first three were tentative, so... I, I was... <laughs> so... What do I... you love, Jez? What do you love? <laughs> like you care. Um, I... <laughs> I love my dog, and I love ending these podcasts. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> um... <laughs> How social do I sound? Um, everyone come to my house for a party, but go quickly because I love sleep. I love, similarly, the feeling of... Uh, of feeling... Uh, see, I'm not the gym guy, right? I'm not a gym buff, but I love the feeling of feeling fitter, of having achieved a bit of... Because, as I've said to you from the very beginning, that I apologise always that this sounds like I'm slamming your industry, but as a psychologist, it's not about the getting fitter it's about what that in turn does inside your body oh yes which is why you love it so much but then i appreciate that continuing from that you think oh look i look different or i look more athletic or i look slimmer or i look bigger or whatever you want to look like uh, that in self becomes reinforcing and you think oh i'll carry on down this path or that you actually like that activity And, and interestingly enough you know i don't like being in a gym and I don't like really working out with other people because my mind's almost a meditative sort of... Yep. I like that silence that I've got and that little structure that I've got this hour and I can do it at the pace that I want to do it and I can look out of the window. And, uh, yeah, I kind of like that is how I've formed into that. Um, so I love that that there's that I've found something that gives me that... A bit like running, you know, people run, they come back, oh, I feel so great. Yep. We don't feel so great because of the running it's because of what the running did you know because the releases of you said earlier on oxytocin and some people do enjoy the process though don't discount that entirely no 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 and i i i agree but i 
I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that's something we could, you know, do you love it or do you think you love it, but you don't love it? It's just that you love it because of what's happened inside your body. You know, Whoa. is it actually biology <laughs> that drives it or is it, you know, which comes first, chicken or the egg, right? It's a bit like the TED talk I did. Oh, um, uh, the... <laughs> I mean, you, you rarely mention it. Just going to leave it there. About reciprocity. And is it, do we give because we want to be generous or do we give actually because being generous actually produces uh, oxytocin? Yeah. Which makes us feel good. And so is it the feeling good that we're giving because unconsciously we're actually doing it because it makes us feel good? So is that the same with running an exercise? Do we love it because we think we love it? Yeah. But actually, it's the thing that it does to us that we love. Well, taking it back to you personally, do you love gardening or do you love the outcome of gardening? Do you like having a nice Ooh. garden and vegetables gr- popping up where you want them? Um, I'm going to edit all of these euphemisms out. Um, I, <laughs> you are uncontrollable today. I am... That's a really good question. Because my instinct is, of course I love my garden. I love gardening. I love being outside. I love... And what I'm trying to work out is, do I? But I'm trying to be objective about it, seeing it from my point yeah. of view. Or do I actually love what it does to me? But because the two are so incredibly interlinked, I guess you'd only know through sticking probes in your brain, wouldn't you? Yeah. But my point is not to rock the boat. I don't want to say categorically, no, you think you love running, but you don't. You love what it does to your body. Yeah. I'm not saying you hate running or it's not about that process. What I'm trying to do is sort of split that way of thinking a little bit to demonstrate that it's really important, I think, that we ask why we love something and not just take it for granted that, oh, I love doing this, but why do you love it? What does it do for you? Because the deeper you know something, the more important it becomes to you because, and the more value you add to it and the the, more, the less sacrifice you'll make. Um, you know, so... Oh, I don't know. Gosh, this is, this is a bloody complicated one this Isn't week. Isn't it? It might have to be a two-parter. How do you feel about all that? All different directions about this bloody love thing. We haven't even touched on the normal stuff that people will be thinking, oh, yeah, I want to hear about love because of, you know, skipping through fields hand in hand and rolling around. And we haven't even, I mean, looked at that. I love reading and I love quiet time to myself. I love structure in my life very much love I'm trying to think you know do I like it or is it important to me or do I love it and there mm. are certain things that I really love um, and I love uh, animals there um, <laughs> but the love I think I'm just trying to think in my head and I want to know what you think about this do you think the thing that defines something that you love is that it becomes actually because you've experienced love, it has a greater sense of importance to you. And so do you think actually that's the thing that defines, you know, do we love it or do we like it a lot? And is that actually to do with a sense of importance because of, we've placed a greater sense of importance on it because probably, just thinking out loud, Mm. it meets more perfectly or more readily a core need or even a core unmet need. I mean, uh, can we answer that? Is that unanswerable? Yeah, I think so. I don't think I can answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just wonder whether that's the thing that... Because there are lots of things that you like in your life, right? There are lots of things that you like about your life. There are lots of things that you like a lot. There are lots of things that are important to you, but you don't necessarily love them. Uh, You know, you might have a really great job that you like a lot, but if I said you love your job... 
that's okay because you don't. If I think you can't love everything in your life at that level because of course not. It would take so up too much. That makes it that then personal energy. What, sorry, what, what is it that takes it from like to love? Yeah. Because uh, you can... I, there are things, some things in your life, you think about very specific things that you like a lot, mm. like a real lot, that are close to love, but you, don't, you wouldn't say you love them. But you go, no, I really, mm. really enjoy that. And I, I, you know, I say I love doing it, but I don't love them. Um, and I uh, wonder if it's basically the sense of importance of that, the, the, of mm. how much we need it in our lives that makes it something that we love. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's how much the thing gets us up that hierarchy of actualization of like you might love your job but it does it do you feel is it integral to does it give back to you as much as you give to them if you give to it for example like is it a two-way street you might love what you do and like the, you like the action of what your your job might be changing the world but if the company you work for doesn't support you like this is a not a good example but it's not really. So you're saying that the thi- the things that you love have to have an element of reciprocation. Uh, yes. So, but you might say, "Oh well, Matt Bjork doesn't reciprocate to you, but she does in producing amazing music yeah, yeah. that I that I feel understands me and I feel understands her." Yes. And yes, that has taken me right up the chain of to the top of sure. love. Um, I I think uh, yeah, for me, it's about what. How do you go from like to love? feeling con- connected oh this is a this is really isn't it i'm, I'm in the weeds though. with this i think i think that probably the reciprocation thing is really interesting i think the idea that you get something back because if you were to say okay um you love your dog you love your uh all of the things that we love here's a question i don't know yeah uh, i'm gonna sort of a supposition are things that are either living or have uh, an emotional what was funny about I was going to make a joke about suppositories when you said supposition and I was like no I'm going to be serious he's talking serious <laughs> but a snigger still came out maybe that, I love it you just could <laughs> the back of the class Boyles what are you doing <laughs> what's so funny um, yeah maybe the things that we love the key a key element of the thing that we love or for it to be for us to feel love is that it gives back in some way yeah um, I just wonder whether it's, it's a very interesting thing, though, because, of course, even an inanimate object is going to give something back if you really love it. Yeah, beauty, uh, for example. Yes. Or, or of course, the deflected... Uh, the, oh, sorry, the stimulus of the response of that chemical... Yes. Um, uh, uh, pe- that you get... People in- might say they love their car, and it's the, I love owning this car. I love what it makes me look like when I drive it in my neighbourhood. Like, there are so yes, many and- layers to that. Some people do actually love inanimate objects. Yeah. Um, and some people have sexual relationships with inanimate objects. So there is, you know, there's, you know, what what is love? And okay, that's yeah. a, probably a, a minority socially, but it's a, you know, well, it's a diagnosable clinical condition. Have you seen Lars and the Real Girl? No, I haven't, no. Are it, they here? <laughs> it's a film. Is it, it's, is it Ryan? It's not Ryan Reynolds. It's the other one, Ryan Gosling. And he, fall, Gosling. And he falls in love with a blow-up doll. In a, okay, in a yeah, small well, village, a and it's sort of, it, <laughs> but it's it's not done in a seedy way. It's done in a, he has a relationship with this female uh-huh. presenting doll. Um, I can't remember if I liked it or not, but I just thought I'd bring it up as a, if anyone else has seen it, let us know. 
I think we should turn this over to our listener. I think this I think is we this week's topic on Instagram. What do you love? What is love to you? But I'd be interested in hearing what people love. What are the things that they really love? Yep. Um, I'd imagine some people might say the amazing array of merchandise in this <laughs> would be understandable. <laughs> I'm so... <laughs> Oh, is there a branded crowbar.com to go with <laughs> jazzrose.tmail.com? Good. I think <laughs> we should wrap it. this up before Matt, the feds Matt. come. Matt. Yes, Jess. I love you. No, I love you too, boo. <laughs> Right. Um, so they should join us over on Instagram or on Twitter at that human podcast, right? Yes. Yes. Right. And subscribe yeah. so you get the first, you get your, 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 your freshly manicured nails into the, each episode as soon as they're live on the Spotify's, the Amazons, the YouTubes. They're on both our YouTube channels if you want to watch our mugs yeah. while doing this too. Yeah. <laughs> People Might do. not love that. <laughs> People do. Michael, hello Michael, if you're watching. Thanks for making it this far. Appreciate it. <laughs> Seriously, lovely client called Michael watched. Oh, have they watched? Yeah. I would imagine there's some watching, screenshotting, printing, and laminating going on across the country. Don't, and I don't sully blame it. them for a second. You had to bring it down to your level, didn't you? Oh, oh my level. Say goodbye, Matt Boyle. Goodbye, Matt Boyle. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you so much, Jez. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Any reviews or anything, always gratefully received. Love you. Bye. Mean it.